0: First Thessalonians chapter 5 and six verses 16, 17 and 18. Rejoice always. pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This text has three commands. Each of the commands are comprehensive in terms of of when. Each of them are positive in terms of direction. They're comprehensive in terms of when. They're positive in terms of direction. And each of them are anchored to the will of God. Somebody say the will of God. Meaning that these are anchored to this, uh, this, uh, the assurance that, if we, that embracing these and applying these commands in the manner that they are prescribed, this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. In other words, this is not just good advice. It's God's will. Not just good advice. It's certainly not bad advice, but it's not just good advice. It's God's will. Everybody say God's will. will. So the, the, the title for today's message is Positively Living, but this is not a motivational speech simply to make you feel good. I never want to make you feel badly, but this is not a motivational speech to feel good. It is an obedience message that we might do good. The will of God for us in Christ is practicing consistently positive behaviors. If this is true, then Christians should live positively. And, and we should not live negatively. I want to persuade you this morning, and I have a feeling I don't have to persuade you very hard, but I, may, I hope to at least poke some of us. I want to persuade you this morning to pursue positively living. Everybody say it out loud, positively living. But first, what do we mean and how are we defining negative and, and, and positive? Well, anymore, if you want to define something, you always need to consult the all-powerful, wise, and powerful Google. (laughs) So, coming to their highness, the, the Google offers these definitions and synonyms of negative. Google tells us that that's pessimistic, defeatist, gloomy, cynical, fatalistic, dismissive. Critical, unenthusiastic, uninterested, or unresponsive. And of positive, we are told that this, this, this means optimistic, hopeful, confident, cheerful, sanguine. You know what sanguine means? Having blood. <laughs> like, meaning not dead. It means that good blood, good blood in you, life, sanguine and buoyant. You know what buoyant means? You don't sink. Waves and wind and stuff, but you don't sink. Pop back up, unsinkable. Now, let me ask you a question. Of those two types of persons... Who do you want to be around? Yeah. Who do you, which one of those do you want to be? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let me see if I can, I can, it's easy to, the first part's easy. Everybody, the quick amen, the crust of the quick amen is easy. Let's see if we can dig a little further. <laughs> I submit to you that for Christians to live positively means to live with a demonstrated confidence in the goodness of God. Demonstrated, that means a confidence that is expressed, a confidence that is practiced, a demonstrated confidence in the goodness of God, otherwise known as faith. Faith is confidence in the goodness of God. Amen. Being positive, friends, is not a denial of facts. It is denying those facts a right to displace faith. Here, we see the effects of faith and how, it would, and how faith is positive and the impact it can have. Right away, we're talking about we're not denying facts. We're denying facts, the, the right to displace faith. One of the earlier examples of this is in Numbers chapter 13. The people of Israel had been rescued out of Egypt. They had come across the desert. They are They are at the Jordan River for the first time. And Moses sends in 12 spies to survey the the promised land, to take a long look, a thorough look at the place that God had promised them. You can imagine it. So let me try to give it a different uh, language here. Moses sent people in to take a look at the future, at their immediate future. Go take a look and see what the future holds. Take a look at tomorrow. Take a look at 2018. What do you see? When verse twenty-five, I'll start there. When they returned from spying out the land at the end of forty days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and tell the congregation. I like that the says "congregation" because that makes us think of us, us in this room. Okay, they and Moses and Aaron to the congregation, sons of Israel, the wilderness uh, at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Here's—I don't know why. Why is it? Why is it that growing up, I always saw pictures of big grapes on a pole and guys carrying it, like there were nine-foot grape clusters? I don't know why. I remember that picture. I thought, wow, that's a lot of grapes. You saw that too, right? Have you seen those pictures? I don't know where we get that. I should ask Chuck where we get that. Verse 27, then they told him and said, we went into the land where you sent us, it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, which is a multisyllabic word for but, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large, and moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. We don't, even, you don't to them, that was scary. Just put in people that you don't like or are afraid of there. I might have to, we don't have time. this is all by itself a message, but it's not the point. It's just an example. Verse 29, Amalek is living in the land of the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites. Mom, I will, my mom's in the other room. I'll scold her second service. My, I can never read another Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites without saying in my mind, mosquito bites and electric lights. Hello, Father. Every morning she'd read the Bible and she'd get to these lists and she'd read, bah, 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 and then she'd say, mosquito bites and electric lights, and it's in my head like they're real people. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, mosquito bites and electric lights, and are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. Then Caleb, verse 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But, nevertheless, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report. You guys, I love you. I love you. We're so funny. We see it in the Bible, and it's so far away from us and so long ago that we all go, oh, that's so, they're so dumb. They're, they're so bad. They spread bad reports. They spread, they sent out a bad report. The land which we are have gone out here. It sounds you might you might read it and sound like they said, hear ye, hear ye. The land which we have gone out and spying it is a land that devours its inhabitants. That's not what they did. It's more like this. They had a positive face. Maybe. And then they go over to this guy and say, hey, look. Don't say anything. Don't tell I told you, but listen, the land that we were living, it's no bueno devours his inhabitants look I just want to share my concerns with you (laughs) I just need you to tell me if I'm off base but this is how I'm feeling and uh, you 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 can there's nothing you you know we we encourage you to wear goofy sweaters today one of here's a good reason because people dress up bad news in all kinds of goofy ways but it's still a bad report. And nobody, listen, almost nobody, almost, unless you're just a, a, a poorly written character in a movie or a book, nobody really is, a one, is like a one-dimensional bad guy. Few people will go out and give a bad report or be negative or spread negative news with the sole intention of, of, of they would not say to themselves, I really want to spread bad news. If I, nobody in this room said amen when I said bad news. Nobody was like, great, I like those guys. Right? You all gave kind of a corporate boo when you heard that. Because honestly, people don't really believe they're doing anything wrong. People evaluate themselves by their, by their, their own sense of motive or intent. And, and, they, they, but, and they don't realize, that, or perhaps they don't take time to evaluate what's the result of their actions. Well, I'm just spreading my, I'm just sharing my concerns. They're, uh, they, 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 they dress up bad behavior with good intentions. And it's devastating. Now, in this particular story, the bad news won. People believe the bad news. Why is it that people gravitate toward bad news? The pow- I really, I want to just pause and acknowledge the power of negativity. It's powerful. Why do people gravitate toward bad news? Eric Johnson, uh, Bill's uh, oldest, uh, made this point, and I want to make sure I acknowledge him as making it before me. I uh, was sitting in, a, in a, uh, one of their meetings, and, and Eric said, Why do people, if you give someone bad news or a bad report they'll say really and they will believe it in about a in about a new york minute right they'll say oh really and then then they'll they'll turn around and tell somebody else the bad news as if it was fact he said but if you give somebody good news they'll say wait a minute can you prove that where's the evidence (laughs) wait a minute good news hey Someone says bad news, and we call him an expert. That guy hates movies. Let's put him in charge of evaluating all of them. Make him a critic. (laughs) This guy is on the opposite end of the political spectrum. He hates everything about this this political party. Let's ask him what he thinks about the other party. He must know. That's perfect. Yeah, that makes – because if they're negative, they must know something. It plays to our sense of fear, where good good news and positivity requires us to connect with hope. We can look at the same circumstances, but have entirely different responses. Faith gives a positive response. It doesn't have to deny facts. It doesn't have to deny realities, it simply denies those facts any right to displace faith. So then to live by faith is to positively live. And no more true than than in this particular case, everybody who was negative in numbers died. So we we could say it this way, you can positively live or die. I told you, not a motivational speech. Why? Why should we live positively? Because faith is positive. Would you say it out loud with me, please? Faith is positive. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, asserts that faith is the assurance of hope. You cannot get more positive than that. The assurance, the assurance of hope. And it is the certainty concerning things that we have not yet seen. Faith is active trust in the goodness of God. Faith is relying confidently in the goodness of God. Faith looks for what is possible. Faith trades the status quo for the blessed. Faith uh, trades the mundane for the divine. Faith says we don't have to allow. Our schools, public or private, to descend into, into, into social chaos, into the, into the more into the malaise of spiritual and moral depravity. We can pray. We are not going to go with cardboard placards and sharpie signs, but we are going to go and march and pray and believe God that heaven can and will prevail. Faith says we're not just going to get by or get through. We're going to see the glory of God. I want you to hear that. Faith says we're not just going to get by. We're not just going to get through. We're going to see the glory of God. That is what Jesus said to Martha and Mary. He said, did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? On the other hand, negativity is contrary to faith. The culture of the kingdom precludes, it doesn't allow for negativity. Faith is not cynicism. Faith is not sarcasm or suspicion or criticism or pessimism. Faith is not being problem-oriented. I razz our team quite often. They may get a little bit tired of it. I don't mind. I razz our team quite often, and I say, and I don't, don't take this wrong. I not not, don't perceive myself to be a big shot. It's just a saying. I say, listen, I don't need to pay anybody to tell me a problem. I can do that myself, right? Bring me a solution, okay? Don't say, hey, there's something wrong. Years ago, I won't say when or who, <laughs> um, uh, I got a call. I was out doing all kinds of things, and I got a call from years ago. Someone who doesn't work here and all that, but I got a call that simply said uh, that, that we had a dumpster that was too full, and they said uh, the dumpster people called and said the dumpster's too full; they can't pick it up. I'm I'm not on site; I'm out doing. it. I said, "Uh huh," and there was no solution offered. Just like there's the problem. Click. Ooh, I was so mad. I was so mad. You know how you know when my anger paid off because I came back to the parking lot, and I climbed up into that dumpster, and I went full-on Hulk smash on that dumpster. I destroyed, Ray. I destroyed. I should have called you to help me. You weren't there. Where are you when I need you, Ray? I, I I destroyed the contents of that dumpster and that thing shrank and shrank and shrank. But I got so mad that eventually I was thrashing around and I slipped and I flipped up in the air and landed flat on my back and had to lay there in my own humiliation. And I thought, well, this is where my temper gets me. (laughs) But basically, the thing is, faith doesn't just say, hey, there's a problem. Faith says I see that there's a problem but I believe there's a, I believe there is a solution there must be and I'm not and I'm not quitting Faith is not hardness of heart it's not harshness of feeling and word Christians do not live by Murphy's law You are not under law, but under grace. Hallelujah. And that includes Murphy's. I know people think Murphy's law is wisdom. I don't. Let me just be let me just be transparent with you. I would rather be an optimist than be right. I would. I would rather apologize for being positive. And yet, be proven wrong, right? Like I was wrong. I'm sorry, I was wrong. But I was just trying to be positive. Then, I, then, then be negative and say, "Told you so." You know, ne- negativity has never imagined anything but the worst. Negativity has never created anything except for problems and division and strife. Negativity has never built anything negativity has never restored anything negativity doesn't encourage it doesn't inspire it doesn't build up negativity is not generous it mocks it dismisses it discourages it belittles it hoards faith is not negative I want you to consider the scriptures that prohibit negativity. This just came to me. Just read the whole book. <laughs> but let me, let me give you a couple of examples. There aren't a lot of scriptures that say, thou shalt not be negative." But there's a lot of, a ton of principles in the Scripture that, that admonish us toward faith and dissuade us away from everything that is contrary. I want, I, we're going to look at, I want you to just look at a handful of Scriptures, and we'll just primarily look in the New Testament even. I mean, there's a, there's, right now, I imagine there's a dozen of them coming to your mind right now. You know, a merry, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Those are, those are there's so much Scripture that implores us to embrace the positivity of faith but i also want you to see that particularly in the new testament that negative outlooks and expressions are prohibited and they are prohibited right alongside things like theft murder and immorality <laughs> i don't know if it's if it's american you know we t- we like to compartmentalize you know our sin There's something, it's okay, we used to call we, call things, we used to call it little sins. Right? Oh, that's a little sin. Like you can get away with some of that. Uh, hang on. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. This is the New American Standard. Here's Paul. He's, he's cautioning the Galatians. He's telling them to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, and then he wants to let them know what that means. Uh, here's what walking by the flesh looks like. He says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident... They are immorality we all agree boo nobody no nobody we immorality that bad impurity, bad sensuality mm-hmm idolatry, check so far so good right sorcery anybody okay sorcery enmity wait what that enmity strife, jealousy, and outbursts of anger I't appreciate it Paul disputes. Dissensions, factions, factions. You know what factions means? It means the feeling that it's the feeling you have that everybody else is everybody else is wrong. But you. You and your your own little group are the only ones right. (laughs) Envying, drunkenness, carousing and things like these. See how the list is just together. Things like these which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hey, long-time believers, you have, you have long since signed off immorality and idolatry. Good for you. God bless you. But let's, let's sign off things like enmity, factions, divi- division, negative speech, uh, uh, sour tongues, negative dispositions, Uh, gossip disguised as prayer requests how about adding that to your list of knock it off I didn't come here for that came here for a positive okay Ephesians 4 here's one let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth unwholesome Meaning it's corrupt. The the image there is of rotten fruit or fish. If you put rotten fish next to good fish, all the fish bad. You put bad fruit with good fruit, all the fruit bad. This is what Paul says. Let no rotten speech come out. But only such a word as is good for the edification according to the need of the moment. Let every word you speak be life-giving, hope-building, strengthening, encouraging, joy-giving, positive, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8. But now you also put them aside, put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, putting aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all slander. Put all of these things away. Live Pos- positively live. Hey, Dav, yeah, those are all pretty intense things to avoid. What's wrong with just a little negativity? Well, well what would be better about getting rid of all of it? And How much better would it be? How, how, let me ask you your own question. How much poison are you content to ingest? It's just a few parts per million. I'll be all right. <laughs> One prescriptive message that meaning a, a, a passage that says do this, and therefore by default prohibits negativity. Of course, is Philippians four eight. If you're looking for it, it's like well, where 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 should I should I be aiming here? Philippians four eight. Finally, brethren, whatever is true. Whatever is honorable, whatever is right or pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, a good reputation. If there is any excellence or if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Everybody say dwell. Dwell, dwell. Mur- meditate, murmur. You, you, many of you enjoy murmuring anyway. Go ahead and murmur on these things. God is so good. He's been so good to me. I'm so thankful for my spouse and my kids. Right? Try just murmuring on good things. You might find your face follows it. What happened to your face? I've been murmuring. <laughs> We're still on why. Why be positive? Because negativity is not only is Is it contrary to faith? Faith is positive. Negativity is contrary to faith. Negativity is bad for your health. All right? You didn't know what I just did there. I just got a footnote from the physician over here. Okay? Negativity is bad for your health. Certain emotions release hormones into the physical body that in turn can trigger the development of a host of diseases. Because of neuropeptides, if your brain interprets physical perceptions such as anger, fear, or depression, every immune cell of your body knows that interpretation very quickly. For example, fear triggers more than 14. 1,800 known physical and chemical stress reactions. It activates more than 30 different hormones and neurotransmitters. Yeah. You're, I, you, my church, you guys always help me preach. Somebody says, well, that's why it says fear or not. <laughs> that's why. Danger is real. Fear is an imagination. That's not me. That's Will Smith. But it's a great quote. Let me just push this further, my dear friends. The emotions that are most damaging include unforgiveness, depression, anger, worry, frustration, fear, grief, and guilt, all of which fall into the category of canceled and covered by the cross of Christ isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful 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 listen before I finish it bears further note that one of the worst things that one can feel for their heart is a general cynical worldview. You might say, "Hey Dav, we 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 got to be realistic." Should you be fatalistic? Is that faith? You might say, "Um, <clears throat> Dav, yeah. In my experience, this was more common when I was there was still a 30 in front of my age." Um, Dav, yeah, in my experience, uh bad things happen. Well, that that is human experience indeed, but The presence of bad things does not remove the need for and the benefit of positivity. But rather, the presence of bad things, the presence of the stuff in this world, actually underscores the need for and the benefit of a very positive disposition. Ultimately, we live positively because we live by faith. Faith is positive. There is nothing negative about faith. Romans 14.23 says that anything that does not come from faith is sin. So for me, it appears the choice is to positively live or to sin. Whoa, Dav! that sounds challenging. Well, positive living is not for the lazy. It's for the strong. It's for the excellent. It's for the God-pleasers. It's for the world-changers, those who would start with their own world. All right, well, Dav, how? How, how can we positively live? What, what, are the, what seven quick steps are you selling? Glad you asked. There will be a number at the bottom of the screen. You can order my paperback. No, no, listen. Look, no, the book's already been written. How can we positively live? Well, let's just return to our text that we began with this morning. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 18. All of that was just persuading you to embrace the text. When I read this passage, six, verses 16 through 18, let me read it again. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When I read that, I feel like I have opened a bag of chips. Not a can of worms, that's a bad thing. But you open a bag of chips and now you're stuck, right? You can't just have a couple bites. Yeah, night-night bag, unless Spencer's around and... And I have to share it. One more time. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to, to note the universals in this text. The things that are always true, always right. These things are, they they capture the whole of our life. They define the direction of our life. They define the attitude of our life. Attitude in the uh, aeronautical sense. The attitude of a plane is what determines the, the position of the nose of the plane relative to the horizon. That's the plane's attitude. If the plane, if a plane, if this is the horizon and the plane has a bad attitude, That plane not going to be around long. Okay, that's a bad attitude. (laughs) Come on say, that's a bad attitude. You say, I got a bad attitude. You're about to crash. You need to keep, and it's an old saying. It's kind of a cliche, but it really helps. And when they say your attitude determines your altitude, that's real. And these things determine, they influence the, the attitude of our life. Each of these these adjectives are first in the sentence. Each of them is unique. Each of them is nuanced, but they are in total agreement. Verse 16, the adjective is always, as in all the time. Verse 17, unceasingly, with unvarying practice. Verse 18, all covering all points in time. And then there are very specific behaviors. That, 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 that Paul prescribes here. These are all faith behaving. They are all positive behaviors that focus on the goodness of God. This is the key to positively living. A focus on the goodness of God. A demonstrated expectation of the goodness of God. Let's consider each of these expressions real quick. All, verse 16, the, the Greek is, always rejoice. Say it with me out loud, please. Always rejoice. To rejoice literally means to be joyful on purpose. It is an act of your will. It is not a consequence of your mood. To rejoice is to express Praise with your attitude or your actions, specifically because you expect God's goodness. It is praise because of an expectation of the goodness of God. This is why Psalm 34, 1, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Always rejoice. Always have praise in coming up from your person in anticipation Of the goodness of God. Always rejoice. Somebody say it out loud. Verse 17. Unceasingly pray. Now in this prayer is, is, is a petition for and it is partnership with the goodness of God it is petitioning for the goodness of God, it is partnering, it is proclaiming, it is working with, it is is believing for the goodness of God to prevail. So you cannot pray, you cannot petition for good and proclaim good and then be negative. You can't. You can't do that. You know, if, if... One of the best ways to change your attitude about a relative or a friend or a circumstance is to pray. But don't pray like, don't don't pray like a rascal. In other words, don't complain to God about it and call it prayer. Right? Don't murmur in your car about it and call it prayer. (laughs) Actually begin to petition and partner with, proclaim the goodness of God over a person or a circumstance. That will change your heart. Prayer is what faith does when it faces challenge or opportunity. Not cursing or complaining or worrying, but seeking and agreeing and confessing and proclaiming the goodness of God. It's interesting that almost without fail, commentators make haste to let the reader know as soon as you get to unceasingly pray. Commentators will make haste to let the reader know that Paul isn't being literal. Meaning he certainly doesn't mean that we should pray all the time. Oh, I'm serious. Every one of them will say, no, 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 no. He doesn't mean all the time. <laughs> uh, and I suppose it's because they want the reader to know that Paul isn't asking us just to lock ourselves in a room and never come out. But to only, but to only pray and never eat and never work and never talk to your family. But, you know, just go pray all the time. That's, that's not what he means. But we should be careful not to dismiss the actual imperative. Paul Paul is, in fact, saying pray unceasingly. So what does he mean? How should we pray? Well, I'll tell you what. The onus is going to be on us to make prayer a much greater part of our way of life. I know of very few believers who are at risk of overpraying including myself. Again, prayer is petitioned for and partnering with the goodness of God. Thirdly, Paul says, in everything, give thanks. Everybody say, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Now, we're not talking, I will not want to spend too much time here splitting hairs, but, but we're not talking about being fatalistic. They used to joke about the, the I shouldn't say the name of the movement, but they're talking about an a, a, a extreme commitment to predestination Calvinism. Uh, they, okay, they said the, the Presbyterian pastor who fell down the stairs and said, thank God that's over. <laughs> we're, not, we're not fatalistic. <laughs> Presbyterians are fine. Charles Finney was a Presbyterian. What we mean is that in every scenario, in each situation or circumstance, recognize and acknowledge the good you have received and the goodwill behind it. Not just that. Why do you recognize both the good that you receive and the goodwill behind it? You got to recognize that that this what happened to you, this good thing didn't come from nowhere. There's been this resurgence as of late in, on the on programming and television and in the media, about the universe. I mean, it's not a new idea, but there's this resurgence of this old idea that somehow the universe is up to doing things. Maybe the universe wants us together. The universe brought this into my life. The universe? The, the, the Rand, this, that, 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 that vast collection of, of unfeeling cosmos is working in your life? You believe that over a creator? No, recognize the good that you received and the goodwill, that there's a God in heaven who is working for your good. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. Recognize the good you've received and, and the goodwill behind it. Give thanks. Express appreciation for God's goodness. Express it to God for his providence and for the people that he's brought into your life. And then keep going. Express thanks to the people that God uses as instruments in your life. In fact, friends, gratitude may be one of the most powerful tools to intensify positive living. It will will displace things like entitlement and covetousness and greed. It will displace things like resentment and malaise and self-pity. It is the gateway to greater joy. And gratitude continually recalibrates our attitudes toward positivity. It promotes positive and kind attitudes and thoughts about your life, about others, about the Lord. Gratitude is one of the only things that we should not do in moderation. It is one of the things that actually is impossible to do too much of. It is one of the things that the more we practice, the more benefit we receive without limit. If you don't believe me, hey, try it out. I I double dare you. I don't believe Dav's right about that gratitude thing. I'm going to try it. Okay, I wouldn't if I were you. I'm going to try it. I'm going to be more grateful and see if it makes a difference in my life. Okay. <laughs> wow. But all of these things, these three things, rejoicing always, praying, giving thanks, these things are just expressions of faith. These are, these are actions of faith, faith at work. I would say, hey, pick one of them and pursue it this year, I'd say that, but all of them are God's will. So I'll just say practice faith. We'll talk more about faith next week. I'm excited. We always do it on the first Sunday of the year. We always, talk, we always get out our spyglass and take a look at life in front of us by faith. Make sure that you come and bring somebody who wants to take a fresh look at their life. All right? But for today, let's remember, remember that faith is positive. Faith focuses on the goodness of God. Faith rejoices. Faith prays. Faith gives thanks. Faith is positively living. Let's do that chorus again as we close, all right? Let me ask this question. Who is ready to live with a demonstrated confidence in the goodness of God? Anybody ready to give it a whirl? All right. (laughs) Listen. I want you to take this, I want to invite you to take it one step further. On, on your bulletin notes, there's a, there's a link, there's a website. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's a believer. She's a, uh, I think she's a psychiatrist, neuroscientist, whatever. She's a, she's a good lady. She's a faith lady, charismatic faith lady, good lady. And uh, she has this thing called a 21-day detox, negativity detox for your canogger and uh on on the eighth of, of next month, my wife is just going to invite people to join her on this journey to just detox all the negativity from your thinking and to not do it in some not, not, not new age hippie weirdness but good faith bible sound doctrinal positive faith living kind of thinking. So you might think about that that might be a fun way for you to start your new year and uh, and if you don 't hit all twenty one days' it's, you know one day is better than none. <laughs> right but let's stand together as we close this morning and I just invited Aaron and team to come back. I want to sing that chorus we transitioned with. It's bubbling. All right? Try to get your joy on a little bit. Start I want you to rejoice right now in anticipation of God's goodness. There you go. Nor can I keep it quiet. It's bubbling, 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 day and night. It's bubbling, it's bubbling, it's bubbling in my soul. They're singing and laughing. Says Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray that as your your congregation leaves today, that your anointing would rest upon them in power and in grace. Lord, may the anointing of the Holy Spirit rest upon them, Lord, that they would leave this house today, being ever-increasing expressions of Christ in their world. Amen. Hey, listen, tonight we have Spirit-filled living service at 6 o'clock. We're going to gather around and worship the Lord. We'll pray as long as you stay tonight. God bless you. Have a happy new year.